Today is Thursday, June 25th, 2020. On this day in 1983, four-year-old Nileen K. Marshall vanished in the Helena National Forest. After her disappearance, her parents and the authorities received disturbing letters, upsetting phone calls, and even suffered a violent attack. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today, we're covering the disappearance of Nyleen K. Marshall in the mountains of Montana. Let's go back to Maupin Creek, a spring bubbling through the Elkhorn Mountains in western Montana. It was June 25, 1983, not long before 4 p.m. Many see ham radio as a niche hobby, but that certainly didn't feel like the case for the families picnicking along Maupin Creek. Dozens of radio hobbyists swapped tips and stories. Many in the group were Mormons, which meant it was mostly families and many, many kids. That included four-year-old Nyleen Marshall, her six-year-old brother, and two-year-old sister. The Marshall kids weren't so interested in the adults' talk of radio frequencies and microphone tests. They zeroed in on Maupin Creek's beaver dams and splashed into the water. For a group of kids, a creek in the woods on a summer day is as good as it gets. It didn't matter that clouds gathered in the sky, early signs of a thunderstorm brewing. There was a creek to wade in and a chance to spot wild critters among the slippery rocks. Barefoot in fresh water, it was a perfect summer day. Until one of the children vanished. Around 4 p.m., Kim and Nancy Marshall realized their middle child, Nyleen, was out of sight. It was possible she'd run behind a copse of trees in the surrounding woods or begun a game of hide-and-seek with the other children. Maybe she was taking an afternoon nap in the thick undergrowth. But as they called her name, Nyleen didn't pop out of the forest. Fear rooted in her parents' chests, and they alerted the other adults. Did anyone see a little girl in a yellow t-shirt and shorts? Nancy and Kim had taught their daughter about outdoor safety, to not wander off alone in a national park. Surely she was tailing some older kids, trying to keep up. But all the other children were accounted for. Before long, the entire picnic spread out, yelling, Nyleen! Nyleen! Thunder crackled and rain pelted the searchers. Nancy began to worry. Nyleen had left her shoes and rain jacket at the picnic blanket. She should have gotten cold and come back by now. Instead, Nancy's daughter was lost in the woods or drowned in a creek. Within a few hours, the search escalated. Her name echoed on ham radio frequencies across Montana. Over a hundred volunteers poured over the rain-soaked area. The authorities brought in helicopters, divers, and search dogs. But according to Undersheriff Tim Campbell, there were no clues, absolutely nothing to indicate that she was even there. 
Desperate, Nancy Marshall tried to determine the last sightings of her daughter. She asked all the children, where had they seen Nylene? What had she been doing? Two little girls spoke up. They'd seen Nylene that afternoon talking to a stranger. Nylene was sitting in the woods, cross-legged, as a man in a purple tracksuit approached. The girls heard him strike up a conversation with Nylene, something about running. Nylene said, my brother can run faster than you. According to another little boy, the strange man asked Nylene to play a game called Follow the Shadow. None of the kids saw Nylene after that. Nancy was convinced Nylene wasn't lost. She'd been kidnapped. The search through the Elkhorn Mountains was called off after 10 days, but the marshals vowed not to give up until Nylene was rescued. Even seven years later, Nancy told an interviewer, I still look for her. I always will. And she did, until 1995, when Nancy was murdered. Coming up, more details surface for the kidnapping theory, including Nylene's mother's own mysterious death. Now, back to the story. Nylene K. Marshall was last seen at a family picnic in Montana's Helena National Forest. In the days and weeks following June 25, 1983, authorities presumed Nylene got lost in the wilderness. It would have been all too easy for a four-year-old to get lost in the trees, drown in the creek, or fall into one of the area's abandoned mine shafts. Led by Undersheriff Tim Campbell, the local authorities eventually brought in excavators and cadaver dogs. So sure were they that Nylene died of exposure, her body picked apart by animals. By October of 1983, Nylene's father, Kim, founded a nonprofit aimed at training search and rescue dogs. Five months after his daughter disappeared, the only hope he had left was that he might save future lost children from Nylene's fate. But Nylene's mother, Nancy, thought Nylene could still be saved. She plastered the county with missing child posters, getting Nylene's photos in the hands of newspapers, sheriff's offices, and missing persons organizations. And on November 27, 1985, evidence surfaced to support Nancy's hunch and confirm her fears. That day, the phone rang at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. An anonymous man claimed he had Nylene, and she'd been living with him for the past two years. Two months later, another organization, Child Find of America, received a typed letter, allegedly from the same anonymous man. It detailed his affection for Nylene, how he sexually abused her, and concluded with, I love her and I have her. I just can't let her go. He called her by her middle name, Kay. The man was raising Nylene as his own child. 
More letters followed and further phone calls. While the police tried to trace the calls, the marshals agonized over the kidnappers' claims. He said he was rich and lonely, and he homeschooled Nyleen while they traveled the world together. He took her to Canada and the UK, from San Francisco to New Orleans. The FBI narrowed in on a call's source, tracing them to a phone booth in Madison, Wisconsin. One of the letters was also postmarked in Wisconsin, confirming they likely all came from the same man. But as soon as the FBI got eyes on the phone booth, everything stopped. No more calls, no more letters. The little comfort the marshals had in knowing Nyleen was still alive was ripped away. Seven years passed, and eventually, even under Sheriff Tim Campbell admitted, everything had led to a dead end. But the marshals couldn't forget. Even with no more leads, she was always on their minds. In 1990, they shared their story on the TV show Unsolved Mysteries, asking for any leads on their missing daughter. Shockingly, an Unsolved Mysteries viewer called in with a tip. They'd seen a girl matching Nyleen's description at the local school in Vancouver. She lived with her single father. Authorities raced to investigate, hoping to find Nyleen. Within days, the little girl who had been abducted was returned to her mother's arms. But she wasn't Nyleen Marshall. Her name was Monica Bonilla, and she'd been kidnapped by her father after he lost custody. As Monica finally returned to her mother after eight years, Nyleen's mother felt the knife twist in her gut. On the episode of Unsolved Mysteries, Nancy said she couldn't go to an amusement park or resort without wondering if she might spot Nyleen with her abductor. In 1995, she was doing just that, staying at a resort in Mexico, wondering if she'd ever find Nyleen. Then another tragedy struck. Nancy was sexually assaulted and murdered in her hotel. Mexican officials initially ruled Nancy's death a suicide and refused to investigate. It's hard not to wonder if perhaps the wealthy man who took Nyleen didn't end Nancy's search himself, bribing the Mexican police to keep his little girl. Or perhaps it was a tragic coincidence in the way that some people are prone to tragedy with one horror following another. Either way, Nancy Marshall's murder has never been solved, and her daughter Nyleen has never been found. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories of chilling disappearances, check out the ParCast original, Gone. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. 
At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Trent Williamson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Maggie Admire, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Vanessa Richardson.